0: three drop here no doubt yeah three drop whoa
1: that thing came out sideways drove it into the penalty area whoa yeah oh, that was a shank it's hard to believe watching this made an unbelievable
0: bogey a drop zone all right folks welcome to another edition of your favorite golf podcast or today actually you can say it'd be at least one of your favorite two golf podcasts because we are joined on the line by a man Sean once called Equipment Woj. That is Jonathan Wall. I was going to say that. Oh, Hey, Sean, you say it. You bring him in.
2: Yeah, the Equipment Woj, as in the equipment version of Adrian Wojnarowski. I don't think he got scooped at all this year. His name is Jonathan Wall. Jay Wall, it's good to see your face. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, boys. It's been a little while since you've had me on the podcast. I wasn't sure if I had gone on the naughty list or something. <laughs> <laughs> if you had done something, oh
0: geez, never, never J wall. So tell us where are you coming? Uh, where are you calling in from
1: right now? I'm calling in from a hotel room in La Quinta, California. I'm here for the American express. I didn't get a chance to go out to Hawaii. Unlike somebody else. Who's mm. on this. <laughs> I cannot um, but, imagine
0: what it would yeah. have been like to not I know. go off to, to to Hawaii this year.
1: Yeah, I know. What would, that have, what would that have been like? Anyway, so yeah, I'm here for the American <laughs> Express. First mainland PGA Tour event of 2023. Trying to get some gear scoops. Uh, I've seen everything. Yeah. That's the one thing. None of this is new to me. But just trying mm. to get a chance to talk to players. A couple of fun stories this week. So that's always nice. But yeah, just trying to dig around in guys bags and see what's new. What's the scoop? Well, I, you know, the the scoop this week I think is an interesting one. Um and I'm sure it's something that we're going to get into. So I was standing over on the putting green today snapping pictures of new putters and I overheard two, overheard two tour pros talking about equipment contracts, which is I mean, mm. it's my my livelihood, I I live for this time of the year. January, I've called it this before. It is golf's version of baseball hot stove. We're getting rumors of guys going into January that could be changing gear. You're wondering if any of that's going to happen. What are the surprises? And now finally we get to see guys showing up with new equipment. But these two guys were just randomly talking about. One of them was a recent uh, Corn Fairy grad He was talking about signing a new deal, but also mentioned, I mean, look, the money's so good out here on the PGA Tour that Mm -hmm. you almost don't need to sign equipment contracts anymore. And it's something that I've been beating the drum about for a long time, which is like, you don't really need a deal. Now it comes with some potential issues because you don't have a, a constant revenue stream, but It was just kind of interesting to be a fly on the wall there, just listening to these tour pros just talk about the pros and cons of going with the gear deal versus going free agency. Man. Wow. Fascinating.
2: That is very interesting. Uh, J-Wall, before we dive into this equipment stuff, if anyone's been bad about our relationship, it's been me and Dylan, because we went to a Mavericks game last week and we didn't tell you about it.
1: Well, where was the Mavericks game?
0: It was not in Dallas, to be fair.
1: Well, that's good. We would have we would have been able to just cut this one right now. We would have been good. Yeah, but you didn't get to see Luca cript- in person, right? I mean, did he play?
0: God, did he play? Yes. He was. He sort of walked around for like two and a half quarters, and then he somehow ended
1: up with like forty three points by the end of the game. He's special, man. I love watching Luca. There are very few guys in professional sports where, when they're on TV, I got to at least watch some of the action. Luca is one of those guys. He's, uh, you know. Dirk was always my guy as a Mavericks fan, lifelong Mavericks fan, I might add, through the thick and the thin reunion arena days, really bad team days. But Dirk was my guy, but now Luka. Luka was just – he is, like I said, he's fun to watch. He does a lot of things that just make you shake your head. There's some fun yeah. sports
0: happening in Dallas right now. Cowboys kind of beat up on
1: How about Cowboys? The Tom
0: Brady last night. Uh, Micah Parsons,
1: I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Micah Parsons. Hard not to be. Yeah, I I like the fact that Dallas actually has a legitimate defense again. That always there were the two issues that they always had. One was quarterback, and the other was defense. And they would get one, but they couldn't have the other. So it's like you had Tony Romo, but you didn't have the defense. And it finally feels like they have all the pieces. We could talk about the Cowboys all you want for one night. I, at least I'm, I'm on a yeah. high. I am on a high at least for <laughs> at least for this week until they play the 49ers.
0: The first question I wrote down for you, Jay Wall is uh, something you have now already introduced. Well, first I just wanted to ask what the biggest free agency moves were this year so far, but under that, my first sub note was Patrick Cantley so far is going with no deal and that could change. Maybe that's literally already changing in real time. I don't know, but my no question deal. was if that is indicative of a larger trend and it sounds like possibly
1: possibly now I, I think Patrick Cantlay is an is an outlier because, like a lot of the guys that, so let's let's go back to 2018. This is this is a year that, if you follow gear, will never be forgotten. It's the year where all four major championships are held by golfers without a major equipment deal. I mean that's unheard of, and it, it got everybody thinking about well. Is this gonna be a trend? Is is this just for this year? What what's gonna happen? And a lot of that was tied to Nike. Everybody remembers Nike was in the equipment business up until 2016. Then they pulled a plug. No more hard goods, meaning no more golf clubs. They're still in the apparel business. They're still killing it on that side. But no more hard goods. That put a whole bunch of huge mega superstars out into the stratosphere and all the equipment companies are sending him gear. Rory McIlroy talked about his parents receiving boxes and boxes of golf clubs from all the major OEMs to have him try it because they wanted to court Rory. The same thing with Tony Fina, Brooks Kepka, all, all these guys were Nike staffers at the time. And then they now are free agents. So that Patrick got people Reed? thinking, of Pat, you well, did you forget to mention Tiger? Are we allowed to mention P Reed now that he's a live guy? I mean, is that <laughs> this is, is, is an unaffiliated podcast. There we go. Fairful.
0: you might get sued. But yeah, I, I think I it's don't, more how yeah, legal sued advisors by P. Have... <laughs> anyway. Continue.
1: But wait, but I have 2018. It's a really funny P Reed story, but I'll probably save it for another podcast. We've
0: already interrupted you while you're in absolute full steam, so I apologize. Keep going, <laughs> no, Jaywall.
1: No. Anyway, so 2018 makes people wonder. Meaning golf fans and even other Tour pros, they start to wonder like, man, am I am I doing this all wrong? Because free agency sounds pretty awesome. Guys are winning majors, guys are having career years, and you know, they're doing it without a deal tying them to equipment. Now, there are pros and cons to equipment contracts. The pros are, as I mentioned before, guaranteed guaranteed revenue stream, meaning that when you sign that deal, you're getting guaranteed money so long as you play that equipment. Now, The flip side is when you don't have a deal, you get to play whatever the heck you want. And for some of these guys that I've talked to over the years, that has been a huge benefit to them because it frees them up. If they have a club in the bag that they are contractually obligated to play, i.e. one of the major OEMs, I don't want to like name names, but some of them require you to play the driver. And one of the guys that I spoke to today here in, in Palm Springs said, you know, this is, this is where it gets to be difficult when you have these deals, because do you break your contract? If you're playing poorly and you're contractually obligated to play this driver, do you stick it out? It kind of depends on who you are. Are you Patrick Cantlay? Can you do that? Are you a new recent Corn Ferry Tour graduate where you maybe can't do that if you're playing poorly? So it puts you in an, an an interesting position when you get to the PGA Tour. You now really have two avenues because of the money that's out there. You can gamble on yourself, and see if that works out, and go without an equipment deal, or you can, you know, bake in this money for travel expenses and things like that by playing one brand's gear.
2: What are these deals worth, though? I think that's one missing piece to the equation. I know they're different for everybody. Um, you know, Martin Trainer, friend of the program, he told me what his was, and I know that's different than uh, what Patrick Cantlay's was. So, like, what
1: what what are the actual numbers that they're that they're weighing? It. It's so weird, golf equipment in these deals they it's like they're trade secrets. Like nobody will ever <laughs> really tell you how much a even guy, for equipment Woj, Well, I mean yeah, sure. It, <laughs> when you're me, you can start to find out <laughs> a lot of these numbers just by talking to people and they'll <laughs> they'll give you some real numbers. But you're probably looking at if you're a, let's say like a corn ferry tour grad trying to get a deal you know, maybe three, three K would be, would be nice. Okay. Um, now as that's you start if you're like a dominance.
0: strong prospect, basically.
1: Yeah. Now, again, some of these deals like three or 400 K that might require you to play a lot of the gear. Mm. And so that, that essentially means that you have fewer clubs to play with, meaning clubs where if, if something isn't working, you can say, all right, well, let's go test something. Most of the manufacturers nowadays, I will say, are pretty flexible. I use Ping as an example. They have 11 club deals for their tour pros, meaning that they still have three clubs in the bag where they can mix and match with with the different brands. So if you, like Matt Kuchar, for example, um, he was a Bridgestone guy for a while and they were pretty flexible. He had Ping hybrids in the bag. Uh, You'll see... You know, For a while, Tony Finau, his deal was really interesting because when Ping signed him, he was the very first guy that they ever said, all right, the putter is, a, is like a must. You have to have a putter. That's got to be a part of the agreement. And they said, Tony Finau, such a big name, and we need to get him on staff that we're going to say you don't have to have putter as part of your agreement. <laughs> I mean, that's huge. Ping was built on putters. <laughs> Karsten Solheim, I mean, he was building putters out of his garage. This is what the company was founded upon. And now they're telling a tour star, you can have a deal with us that doesn't include mm-hmm. the putter. So there are exceptions being made nowadays, just because some of these guys have such a huge following and they just want to get on staff with an OEM. Um, so it, it does happen, but yeah, I would say like three to 400 K um, you know, Titleist is one of the the few companies out there. TaylorMade made as well. I will say that will sign you to a ball deal Brooke Henderson had a, and so did Ricky Fowler, had ball and glove deals with TaylorMade. Um, ball That's deals. That's such a weird deal. Yeah, I know it is, but it, it gets it gets them in and they can still say that they're a staffer, which is kind of what they're going for. These these are big names that they just want mm-hmm. to say they're on the tour staff, even if yeah, they're if not.
0: Yeah, if you can be on Team TaylorMade, that, that, that definitely carries some weight. Yep, for sure. Interesting, and, but there are still some seven-figure club deals floating around, right? Just maybe not a ton of them.
1: Not a ton. the The word that I'm getting from a lot of the guys in the industry is those deals are becoming almost non-existent. Wow. Unless you Unless you are a John Rom, uh, you know, if, I don't. I Patrick Cantlay, if he wanted to, could probably get big money. Here's Here's the the issue that we're running into. Tour pros aren't really selling golf clubs. Mm. They are great for exposure but finally somebody says it tiger (laughs) tiger was really the only guy who to some extent would get people to buy equipment but at the end of the day i think golfers weekend golfers are becoming a lot more discerning when it comes to their equipment they're not looking at the tour as well this guy's playing this so i need to play this they're now going and getting fit for their golf equipment Mm -hmm. all equipment companies have said fittings are up exponentially from where they were in the last decade. So golfers are getting smarter about their gear and they're not looking to the tour to determine what they should be playing. So I think equipment manufacturers are going, well, okay, if that's the case, then we don't have to pay these guys, these massive sums of money. And that's why I think that you see equipment manufacturers like TaylorMade going to these scaled down staffs that are full of star power because Mm. you're, they are paying those guys a lot of money, but you're paying fewer guys to play your gear versus trying to chase like TaylorMade used to chase the driver count. They would pay players and this is I I have this because I've talked to the guys that actually got the money. Sometimes they would get 50k a guy in the field just to play the driver on Thursday so that TaylorMade could win the driver count. Wow. Sick. Yeah. So they were, get, they were getting they were buying votes. They were getting paid to make sure that that they were winning driver counts. And this wasn't wasn't just tailor made. It was other manufacturers as well. But what I'm trying to say is, they're not chasing it like they used to. Equipment manufacturers are becoming smarter. They're becoming more money ball. I feel like from the ones that I've talked to, they're they're not just throwing cash at, at players. If a guy wants to leave, they'll usually let them walk unless it's somebody they have to have on the staff. And there's really nobody out there, in my opinion. That is a must-have. Not even guys like Rory and Jordan Spieth. I don't think anybody is a lock to stay on staff if they say I want X.
2: How about Dylan to chair? Well, of course.
1: I'd say <laughs> yeah. moving golf clubs. Just, just, just give, just give me your number, Dylan.
0: Well, I was going to say J. Wall is uh, probably responsible for, you know, forty percent of those golfers getting smarter. I would personally attribute to this podcast guest right here who's been telling you to get fitted for how long have you been in this industry
1: i don't want to no comment no comment (laughs) smart um oh man all right well i'm getting up there in age (laughs) what what have been 40
0: what have been some of the biggest signings of this free agency period because there still have been some names uh floating around even though the ecosystem is changing let's start with professional golfers Themselves that have moved around. Who are they?
1: This has been a very boring year on the. PGA oh Tour. no! Ugh. Play it up yeah. for us. I would, I would dare say that this is the most uneventful signing period on the PGA Tour that I've ever experienced. Wow! The calm before. Should a storm, we start with the LPGA Tour? No, I mean we can start with the PGA Tour. Yeah. Uh, I would say if you're looking at the the most impactful signings, it's probably a guy who who parted ties with his equipment company when we've already talked about Patrick Cantlay. Yeah. I think that's big news. Other than that, I, you know, Kevin Kisner, ma- Kevin Kisner. Yes. Kevin Kisner in, in uh Trey Mullinex going to Wilson, mm. you know, doesn't really move the needle for me. And then Gary Woodland, it was sort of <laughs> like this addition by subtraction where Wilson, who was tied to Gary Woodland, Woodland leaves, goes to Cobra. And then, Kisner and and Mullinex, but that's, that's really the extent of it. You know, Taylor May didn't make any major signings. I think more people are talking about the fact that, you know, Dustin Johnson wasn't on the Christmas card that they put out on social media. Interesting. And, and, you know, again, I think that just goes back to to the live topic, but yeah, there just hasn't been a lot of movement in, on the, the gear front. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with one, as we talked about, the money's really good. I don't think guys are, are itching to move. And two, I just don't think the money's anywhere close to as good as it used to be. And because of that, I think guys go, I mean, sure, an extra 750 K or, you know, maybe an extra million, but is it really worth it to change gear? You know, I could probably <laughs> make that up on the golf course and then some with my current stuff. So I, 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 think <sighs> I, I hate saying this because I do love signing season, but I feel like the uneventful signing periods that we witnessed this year, I feel like this is going to become the norm.
0: It's funny. It kind of reminds me of like early 2000s baseball. Some years there'd be absolute blockbusters available in free agency. This was before, you know, before there were such, I guess when free agency was just a little bit uh, more of a rare bird. And there were some long contracts and be like, Oh, Manny Ramirez is available this off season. But then sometimes we'd be like, well, everyone's kind of locked up. We got like Livan Hernandez. Should we all get fired up to see who he's signing with? But I mean, maybe Sean would have a good NBA equivalent, I guess, to like what, <laughs> what Kevin Kisner being the, uh, most impactful free agent would be.
2: Uh, I'm mostly just curious, uh, if there's going to be a New York times op-ed that, That says, "Is signing season dead?" (laughs) You know, I'm ready. I'm ready to ride season through. I would a golf magazine
0: op-ed.
1: Yeah, I've been pointing this out for the last couple of years. I've I've made it pretty clear that the 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 equipment endorsement pie continues to shrink, which means that there are fewer mouths to feed. And when you have fewer mouths to feed, it makes it a lot easier for the equipment manufacturers to say well, this guy is worth it, but this one is not. And we're okay letting him walk or we're okay not signing him. Um, something else that I am really fascinated by, you know, Liv is trying to poach a lot of these top amateurs. And for the last, you know, five to 10 years, I mean, TaylorMade has had a incredible track record signing guys straight out of college that have gone on to have really big seasons right away. John Rom being one of them. Um, they had Matthew Wolf and Colin Morikawa in the same signing group. You know, they've, they've done a lot of great things just by looking at their analytics and weighing, all right, you know, should we sign this guy? Should we not? Um, you know, and again, I kind of go back to the guys that weren't on the Christmas card, but you know, how does that factor in if you've got Liv poaching some of these amateurs right out of school with big, you know, big guaranteed money? How does that, you know, what does that do for the equipment company? So yeah, there's a lot of question marks out there, but I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe Rory, you know, maybe his deal goes up with TaylorMade and maybe something like that would be big news. But I just, I don't see any names out there that would really make me go, wow. Like when Rory signed with Nike, like that was huge news. That was like a 200 million dollar deal. I don't it's it's kind of like when people talk about are we ever going to see somebody ever like do the tiger slam or things that I just don't ever see happening again. I think they were one-offs. I think we should enjoy them from what they were, but it kind of going back to the Rory deal with Nike. I just don't think that those big splashy signings are are going to happen again.
0: Nolan Ryan
1: we have 500 wins. We're not going to see that again, J-Wall, the
0: Texas reference for you. We're
1: not going to see $200 million signings. No, I guess not. not um,
0: well, we've been touching on TaylorMade and also Nike, and there's someone that's joining an elite group of Made nike crossovers, which a group which includes Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, Tommy Fleetwood, um, and now Nellie Corda. J wall, what's going on with that? You had an exclusive inside scoop on golf.com this week about Nelly's free agency shift.
1: Yeah. The LPGA is where it's at. Get totally. A couple I mean, of the I'm biggest names kidding. flying around. Yeah. Two of the, exactly. Two of the biggest names on the LPGA tour are going to be changing gear. And I think Nelly Korda, obviously she's, she's, about as big a name as it gets on the LPGA, gold medalist, um, all-American girl. I, I was amazed. Let me just tell you this. So when I when I wrote this story over the weekend on golf.com, breaking the Nellie Korda going to TaylorMade, what initially started with was Nellie signing with Nike. Now, Nike doesn't just sign somebody just to sign somebody. I mean, they're looking for a face for Nike golf on the women's side. And they view Nellie Korda as the face, as the future for Nike golf. And that's, that's a huge compliment, but you know, to get that and Taylor made, I mean, her deal with Titleist was, was a lucrative deal. So they had to go on top of what Titleist was willing to spend to get her to, to go away from Titleist. So, there's a lot of money there. And this is where I think it gets interesting because opposite the PGA tour, where the money is so good on the golf course that you can sort of say, well, I'm going to gamble on myself this season and see what happens. I mean, if you're getting guaranteed money from Nike golf and guaranteed money from TaylorMade, you take it on the LPGA <laughs> tour because the, money, the money's sure. not that good. You, I mean, Nelly Corda is a great player, but that guaranteed money—that's life-changing money. So, to have Nelly on staff is a big deal for Nike and TaylorMade, and how they're going to also get Brooke Henderson. And know, uh, this is this is TaylorMade. It's interesting because TaylorMade has really focused on their their men's staff. Then they tried to then they signed Maria Fossi. And she was kind of the, the hot name for, for a brief minute. And now they're doubling down and they're signing Nellie and Brooke Henderson. You can tell they're pretty serious about it. And this year, the LPGA has the two biggest signings out there. So they win.
0: Matthew Wolf and Sierra Brooks, I guess, would be the two people to complete that tailor made Nike um, fun fact uh, there. But okay. So. Good stuff there, J-Wall. What is the deal overall with uh, Live? You mentioned DJ, Matt Wolf, not on the made Christmas card, but they are still on the uh, Team made page on their website. That seems sort of to be standard fare right now. Like the equipment companies are not, they're not really in, they're not going out of their way to highlight Live successes. Um, they're not highlighting Live guys. They're also not cutting ties apart from, you know, Phil and Callaway's pause. Where are we in this uneasy middle ground between the equipment companies and the players that they've had under contract who are now playing for live?
1: Yeah. Uneasy middle ground is the best way to describe it. I don't think anybody wants to make the first move. And so everybody has just hit pause and they're they're sort of waiting to see what live is. I think, you know, live is still in its infancy stages and the manufacturers aren't quite sure if this is a legitimate business that's going to have a long-term future. Is this a fly-by-night operation? Or, uh, you know, is is the money that's coming in, is is that tap going to get turned off at some point? So there is, it's it's a lot of wait and see right now. And, and nobody, you know, quite frankly, wants to touch it with a 10-foot pole. So- we're but, just, we're just waiting to see, but I, it's the thing, like the guys that are on live, I, they're, I don't see any of them getting deals when their deals expire. I think they're just going to expire. And I don't really think quite frankly, they're going to care. The guaranteed money they got from live is kind of like Nelly quarter with the Nike and the TaylorMade made deals. It's life-changing money.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, when it comes down to, I think for club companies buying uh, loyalty from these players. Is just their visibility. Isn't that it? Like at some level, no, it's great to have Dustin Johnson, whether he, you know, he wins a major and goes back to live is, is kind of whatever, but you want to have players playing your gear on television. And up until this point, they're just playing on YouTube. Uh, now the news kind of broke today that the CW, CW is bound to, is bound to sign a multi-year deal. I think let's live. Um, which changes things. Uh, I don't know how many golfers are used to watching the CW, um, or how many will flock to, to watch it. Um, but isn't that the the root of this whole thing? Isn't it just getting your clubs in players' hands when they are on the television?
1: That's all that matters. It's the visibility. And that's that's how these these pros make money. You know, some of their contracts, they have incentives where if you're on T V in the final group depending on the amount of visibility that you get throughout the year, you can make more money. So it there it incentivizes them to play well, but you're exactly right. It it's just how often can you get that TaylorMade, that Callaway, that Ping hat on TV on Sunday on the back nine. That's it. That's all they want because that just shows people, hey, look, TaylorMade's having a good season. Look how many of their guys have won tournaments. And you're just constantly seeing the tailor-made hat or like for the first two events of the year, Callaway's new paradigm driver, they've won the first two events of the year. You know, that's like high visibility for Callaway. So that's what you want because as I said, recreational golfers are becoming smarter about their gear. They're getting fit, but if they're going to test and they're constantly seeing Callaway paradigm drivers winning tour events or in the final group on Sunday that makes golfers go, well, hmm, I wonder if a Callaway paradigm drivers for me, maybe I should go test one.
0: Yeah. There definitely seems to still be a human element to uh, the testing operation from, you know, the couple times that have sort of been fit. There's, there's definitely room for personal preference in there. And you can, I, I don't know, you can kind of make the club that you want to work, work for you, I would say. So if you're really good, like you are Dylan, well, I don't, say, know, I don't you know what that's kinda, like. Yeah, kind of quit totally on some clubs. <laughs> 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 All right, J-Wall, we've already touched on this, or we, we've we danced around it, but I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on how equipment companies seem to be shifting some of their sponsorship focus to uh, YouTube groups, for lack of a better yes, word. It seems like the, into it. the focus has gone from pros selling clubs to... Um, content creators selling clubs and so specifically i mean there's a few there's a few of them here no laying up just signed with Titleist. that seems like that was a splashy signing barstool i guess that was, Probably last was the biggest now. signing
1: of the year <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> last year barstool went to taylormade or the four play guys and then Callaway this year lost no laying up but they signed good good who are obviously the well i shouldn't say obviously those of you who spend a lot of time on golf YouTube will have encountered good, good. Those of you who have not, they are kind of the kingpins of the vloggy golf scene. Um, J-Wall, what the hell is going on with this? Explain it to me.
1: I don't even know if I can. You know, this This was a a turn that I didn't see coming is the influencer becoming the the like big splashy signing. But here we are, you know. If you look at the way social media has changed, I mean, you can if you are good at at social media, you can make a, a nice living, just, you know, promoting products. It's it's a great way to do it. And these manufacturers are noticing that. Well, hold on a second. The tour pros they do a decent job, at least giving our giving our gear. You know, it gets it on TV, gives it some visibility on, on a national stage, but how do we capture this younger crowd? I mean, if you think back to what happened during COVID, I mean, no sport benefited more from COVID than golf. And we saw this massive spike in rounds. They couldn't even keep golf equipment in stock. You know, all the manufacturers are telling me we're, we're three months, we're six months behind on new gear. And they were getting a lot of new younger golfers that were now picking up the sport. So how do you capitalize on this? Because at some point, this is gonna be, this is gonna be your future for your company. These, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids, eventually they're gonna grow up and they're gonna be playing golf. And for them, they've all grown up with YouTube. They've all grown up with social media. And this is how the manufacturers are noticing this is how they consume their golf content. They're not watching television and they're not tuning into NBC on Sunday afternoon to watch the pros. They're watching videos of no laying up going to Scandinavia. They're watching the good, good guys play around a golf They're you know, watching the foreplay guys going and playing around a golf with, you know, tiger woods. It's, this is, this is golf now that this is where we're at. It's total, the consumption has changed. So the manufacturers are realizing this and they're now saying, well, if we're going to put our money into somebody, let's put it into the future, which is the good goods, the no laying ups, the four plays, that's where it is. And so I think we're going to get to a point where maybe that's a big deal. Maybe there comes a time we're actually right about, you know, no laying up signing an equipment deal. I mean, more people hit me up and said, Hey, you haven't mentioned the no laying up sign with Titleist. That's the <laughs> biggest one of all. And I said, yeah, uh, it's actually a pretty big deal. I would agree with you. I didn't write it up, but it is a big deal because it speaks to the future of golf equipment. They view these influencers as the future and the the best way for them to sell golf equipment.
2: Why has Ping and Mizuno not bought into the drop zone? (laughs) (laughs) They're listening. It's a really good question. Get at me. I'll say it for the second straight episode. Get at me, Mizuno. (laughs) My DMs are open, and it won't cost you
0: as much as J-Wall. I was going to say, also, the Mizunos are already in the bag, so you're halfway there (laughs) with Sean. Um, J-Wall, there's an interesting component to this where I see – these new signings helping to amplify their actual tour staff. So because the equipment companies are signing content people, then that also kind of doubles down on the guys they already have. So, you know, no laying up goes over to Titleist, and then they play, uh, they play around with JT and Speeth, two Titleist guys, and then that makes them sort of more popular in turn. We just saw uh, Xander was playing around with the – good, good guys. I think the other day, uh, or you see, yeah, the foreplay guys getting like a driver lessons from Rory McIlroy. So it's like, you're getting double exposure, I guess you're not relying. You're almost hiring a group to help you make the promotional content, which is interesting.
1: I love that you're pointing this out because with the, the birth of the PIP on the PGA tour, it really forced tour pros to, show their personality, try and find ways to to generate, you know, social media interaction. And for some of these pros, it comes pretty naturally. And as you mentioned, some of the guys that have played this, you know, Xander's really personable and get him with the good, good guys. And all of a sudden, you know, their audience goes, oh man, this Xander Shoffley, he's a pretty cool guy. And oh, he plays on the PGA tour. I've heard the name before, but I didn't really realize that he was he was this cool. And now you start to, to bring fans from good, good over to, you know, be fans of Xander. So it's, and it's done in a really organic way. Like the video that no laying up did with, with JT and Spieth was like chef's kiss. Yeah. Perfect.
2: No notes.
1: (laughs) 10 out of 10. Exactly. And that's, that's what you want is just like the off script. Just have a camera there. Just catch the interactions you know, they know each other well enough to, to know that it's, it's not going to be an awkward round of golf. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it was, but I just, I love that the influencers are now, you know, doing stuff with, as you mentioned, the tour pros on staff. I think it's, it's a natural progression for what we're going to see for, for advertising for a lot of these equipment companies in the future.
0: Um, Sean, what else you got for our boy here? Are all your questions um, satiated?
2: Did you get scooped this this period at all? Who scooped you recently with equipment stuff? Who's the Who's the shams to your woge?
1: Ah, uh, I mean, I would
2: huh. just tell us. There's nobody. Yeah. Just say there's, it. there no,
1: <laughs> there there are there are a lot of a lot of great <laughs> reporters in the gear space. <laughs> That's my way of saying it. But I I do feel at times that. You know, I used to spend a lot of time out on tour. I've built a lot of relationships over the years, which has made it a little bit easier to, to text guys or text reps and and to keep the conversation going. I do. I will admit. Huh, I well, I will admit this. I I play with a little bit of a of a Jordan chip on my shoulder. I I do. <laughs> cre- I create grudges at times. If I need if I need a little bit of motivation, I don't like getting scooped. It does happen, but. I, I will if I'm if I'm not feeling very motivated, I will create grudges and just like get motivated. He's That's seeing the court right
0: he's seeing the court right now, Sean. You can just kind of see it in his eyes. Like he's he's finding it the open so, man.
2: It sounds so like anti-Luca though. You know, like Luca doesn't sound like he has like the biggest chip on his shoulder. He just kind of takes whatever the defense gives him and dominates, but J-Wall is like more of a killer. Yeah,
0: but if you met J-Wall and, and you were just meeting him for the first time, you wouldn't necessarily get that impression right off the bat. Take some time, or I guess just listening to this episode. Now you know.
1: I do love my job.
0: I want to get to a fun little segment here called Up and Down. Uh, J-Wall, you're familiar with the term up and down. In this case, we're talking about one thing that's up, One thing that's down from each of us. We're just going to go around as a, as a way to talk about the week in golf. Sean, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Do you want me to go up or down? You're, you're the leading man. So you tell me,
2: (laughs) I think you're supposed to go up first and then down. I think that's generally what happens in, uh, in golf. Uh, up for me is the CW feels extremely obvious, but they've made their splash into sports TV rights. The first time they're actually going to be broadcasting sports and it has to be the e- easily the weirdest one you could ever sign live golf. And it's billions of dollars, some of which you're going to get because live is reportedly going to be paying for uh, the right to broadcast on the CW. It's I think someone reported a you know multiple year deal. Uh, but you get all the baggage. I already looked like there are people sliding into the mentions at golf.com saying that CW is supporting terrorists. So like (laughs) you get, you get what you pay for there. Um, I just think that like, in addition to the CW, what is also up is just like market research because we were, we were hearing about a live TV deal like six months ago like that there was one imminent and then four months ago we're like oh gosh we got multiple people looking into us and then Bryson telling me in late October we will have a tv deal by the beginning of the next season and we just kind of keep getting told I just want to know what agencies were getting all the money from doing all the market research and weighing the pros and cons for these networks to be like hey it's a lot of money but people are going to terrorize us on social
0: media. I mean, yeah, that's a good call. This definitely feels like a situation where the people that make the money are are the lawyers, uh, which I guess is like every situation. Um, But, yeah, I mean, to, to an extent, we weren't talking about the CW. I'm not sure how many people were before this. It also sounds like since Liv is paying to be on the CW, there's a little influx of cash coming in that direction there. Uh, We had James Colgan on last week, who's our media reporter, and he was getting into some of the nitty gritty, but I mean, the connections of Nextar, who owns 75% of the CW, um, are interesting because they own a lot of local news stations, like I think the majority of local news stations in the country. So if they really wanted to like (laughs) juice up this live CW relationship and like- I mean, I don't know. Show highlights on the local news. Like, There's some synergy there that I think is probably connecting too many dots for now. Um, Can you name
1: one show that's on the CW, guys?
0: Not currently. One current show. No, but uh, they used no, to show a bunch of reruns of like the OC and One Tree Hill. And Yeah. yeah. I mean, They're I haven't flipped stuff. it on recently, I have to admit. But it's in a lot of houses. Yeah. It's in a lot Still of in ki- households.
2: <laughs> C- can't you just see... You know, your local Seattle station that is connected to the CW now and those TV rights just being like, well, in pro golf today, this (laughs) happened at the Live Golf and like have no mention of anything else, you know, the Civil War and anything else. King Five.
0: Yeah. I I mean, fascinating times. Yeah. (laughs) Cable TV still rules, and this will sort of be a test of that, I guess. Like, there's a question of, it's such a streaming world. It's such a YouTube world, but it's funny in this case that the new age league is going for sort of a seemingly random cable network over more of a streamlined approach. So we'll see. I mean, we'll, we're waiting on a lot of details here, but CW is certainly <laughs> in the golf news way more than we thought it would be. Um, this is like March Madness, where where the games the go Amex to like field. true TV. J-Wall, you're there. Sheesh, we got five of the top seven players in the world. We got better, stronger field than you could ever imagine. I think pretty much anyone that wins this week gets to world number one, who's in like the top four players. I think Patrick Cantley could leave world number one. I think I read that correctly. Um whatever is in the water or whatever is being passed out at the sponsor dinners it has attracted a strong field. So even though this was the year that we were supposed to turn from the PGA Tour to the PGB Tour with these non-elevated events, this week is certainly bucking the trend. J-Wall, can you confirm that there are a lot of famous players on the grounds?
1: I I believe it would be Amex. Amex is going on. Yeah, I think Amex is going on. The field is good though. I mean, if you look at the past year's, this is a really watered-down field. wasn't wasn't Honda watered-down, but it was still pretty rough.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so this is – and especially for the West Coast guys, which there are a bunch of really good players between California, Vegas, Arizona. There are guys that can get there pretty easily. Um, wall you got anyone that's trending up
1: for us? Anyone, anything, any entity? I I do. I have an up. Trending up would be – Let's just stay in my safe space. Driver technology. Oh, This is an interesting one for me because I, like last year, we had TaylorMade coming out with carbon fiber faces, and there were some new things out there. But it just the last couple of years, it, it hasn't been that exciting for driver tech. There, There were some high points, but just a lot of kind of meh. And this is the one year that I can remember in the last, like, five years or so, five, six years where it feels like everything is really good. Like the technology across the board. And I can say, I can say that and not feel like I'm lying to anybody. You know, that's how the do one. they keep doing it? J yeah. How do they keep yeah, doing, that's doing the it? Thing. I want to like, be the
2: first to, to <laughs> congratulate
1: all the equipment manufacturers for doing it once again. And that's the thing <laughs> I will tell you. And that's why we do robotic testing is because not every driver is amazing, there, there are no terrible drivers, but there are years where like from one version to the next, there's not a lot of improvements. This year, we saw some really impressive driver improvements across all the major manufacturers. And I, I struggle to find a year where that was the case recently. And again, that's maybe some recency bias just looking back at the last five years or so. But this year, everything is really good. That's exciting because it means that if you are, you know, a Titles loyalist, cool. Titles has a lot of great stuff. You don't really have to worry about getting a bad driver. Same thing with Cobra, Callaway, Ping, you name it. It's all really good. So driver tech is trending up. And I will say this is the one area where I thought that they would reached the ceiling mm. and that they couldn't go any further. And lo and behold, they the proved me wrong. The ceiling is the roof. They proved me wrong. The ceiling is the roof. Thank you, MJ. <laughs> Um, hey, you're the Jordan freak. I definitely <laughs> am.
0: Are we doing this snake draft style? Is Jay Wall give his down now? We might have to give
2: him some time to think of one. Uh, oh,
1: I already have my down. It was actually oh, one of ready. the ups. My my down is the CW. Oh, you know, let's <laughs> go. Here's the other side Here, of this. Here's my problem with it. You have all this money. You could you could wait it out, and you could you know. I think somebody's waiting to see if this is a legitimate business. And I think you could have got somebody better than the CW. I think this is just live going. We got to get somebody. We got to get a, a network CW. Yes. Let's just go and and align ourselves with that one. I, I really do. I, this feels like they're in scramble mode. I think this is a major down because they're I, I think a lot of golf fans were like, "Wow, man, they're they're getting all kinds of players. This is a big deal. LIV is is poaching the big names. They have momentum and they kept talking about they're going to get a TV deal, a TV deal, nothing happens, Nothing happens. They have YouTube, the numbers are pretty crummy, and then they just settle. They they settle in my opinion, I think this is a major down for them going with the CW. It sounds like live.
0: It sounds like lives TV prospects are, are technically you're down. So I feel like you and Sean could still coexist on this little, this little take. I could agree. I
2: just want our, I just want viewers and smart, smart viewers of the drop zone and Jay Wall's podcast, fully equipped to just start connecting the dots because I look at live golf PGA tour lawsuits Every freaking day, the, the court documents every freaking day. And I lo- lose my mind doing so, but it's really easy when you do that to connect all the freaking dots. And I'm going to talk about it when I talk about my down, but Atul Kosla, CEO or the COO of Live Golf that steps down. It's reported in the Telegraph. Why did he step down? Because he got into an argument with Yasir Al-Ramayan and... Why was the argument, oh, it's probably related to jumping into a television deal? You know, the various pressures that are being put on Live Golf's actors as they turn the page from year one to year two, it's not that hard to connect the dots. That's all I'm saying. I've been throwing my hands around the screen now for over a minute. I just want people to start connecting the dots for themselves so Dylan and I don't have to do all of it for them.
0: I was going to say a certain pro golfer suing entities for nine figures that would be my down of the week, but on legal counsel, I'm actually just going to shift over to uh, the safer ground of Jordan Spieth's week last week at the Sony. First place after round one, talking about, oh, he's, he can see five or six hundred every round. He Every time he tees it up, he could imagine shooting five or six hundred no matter what. And then the next day, of course, goes full Spieth in kind of late night prime time. It almost felt like a, one of those wacky games we talk about sometimes. Late night Washington State playing football against Hawaii <laughs> on at one thirty. This in the morning. is you
2: on the West Coast.
0: No, well, not anymore. This is now like a this is like a, a seven p.m. game for me now. It's
1: prime but time game.
0: When I lived in New York, and it would be like you know you'd be like, "Whoa, there's still football on." Um, that was kind of this speed showing. So there's no one better to go from tied for first. To missing the cut than Jordan Speeth. so down for one week, hopefully won't stay there.
2: Sean, you know what that reminded me of? Yeah, that reminded me of Spieth at like early 2021. That's not that long ago. That's two years ago. the The actual depths of Spieth despair, um where he was like playing horribly on Saturdays. <laughs> you remember that? He like. He'd be like T2 after two rounds, and he would shoot like 76 on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he was like
0: third in scoring on day one, like sixth on day two, and then like 182nd on day three. Yeah, I'm not worried about Spieth. Uh,
2: I think it's a complete coincidence. But the kind of thing that uh, he's probably just rusty, right? And if anyone like lets one swing thought derail him, it's probably the golden child. Um, He's trying to get round, rid of the... His uh, rounds
1: are like a Luka, like watching Luca. I mean, I'll, <laughs> right. I'll tune in to watch Speeth. just because oh, you, you're yeah. never quite sure what's going to happen.
0: He's trying to get rid of the the maneuver, the pre-shot routine. He's trying to get rid of that, just and maybe that's it. screwing him up. Uh, what's your down, just, Sean? Uh,
2: down bad for me is the man I already mentioned, Yasir Al-Rumayan. Now, if you don't know who that is, you might recognize him uh, if I say His Excellency. Uh, he is the governor of the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, and it's probably good that this is the tail end of this podcast because if you're not interested in this, he's stuff, probably just tuned out by now. now. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, he is the governor of the PIF, as we call it, and he's just kind of getting roped into a lot of litigation in the United States. First off, his texts with Elon Musk. His communication with Elon are a very like pivotal piece in Elon's SEC exchange uh, filing lawsuit with Tesla that's happening right now. So there's that. And then he's also getting roped into the PGA Tour Live lawsuit and the discovery for that. So we're talking about like his emails that he exchanged with Casey Wasserman, who is the CEO of Wasserman, which is an agency that kind of keeps sending a bunch of players to live. Um, we're talking about his text exchange with Bryson, uh, and I'm sure with countless other people. So the, the more tentacles, I guess that the lawsuits grow and like extend the more to me, it makes live golf look, uh, not innocent, uh, guilty of just kind of, um, cannonballing into the, the, the ecosystem and, and not playing like they thought they had. So uh, it's not looking great for him right now, but we'll see if he can uh, shake his way out of it by waving the white flag of
0: Saudi law immunity. You would know more than we on that subject, <laughs> I would say, he's Sean. He's, he's <laughs> just yeah, a legal analyst me. who also <laughs> writes about golf.
2: <laughs> who, who, likes At think he doesn't point. know anything, but just, like, slaves over documents because it's – because they're there enjoyable.
0: That's right. Someone has to, why do we climb the mountains? Because they're there, Sean. Um, all right. (laughs) We're debuting a segment. This is just a quickie and then we'll get J wall off to supper there. Um, it's called rec league and it's pretty easy. You just recommend something, Sean, you go first. (laughs) Um, I would recommend that. Sure. Go for it. I thought you were going to recommend the, the, this tennis show.
2: <laughs> no, the, the Netflix tennis show is, uh I would call it good. I don't think it's great by any means. Um, it's not like seat of your pants kind of drama, but it's a very good um, example of what we're going to see from the golf show. I think, you know, the, the Netflix tennis show, they dropped the first five episodes. I believe the next five are going to come out in February. The golf show is going to drop all, uh, I don't know if it's eight or 10, but all of their episodes are going to get dropped at once. But anyways, you get a really good look of like, okay, where are the cameras? They're in the locker rooms. They're in the training rooms. They're asking the the wives and girlfriends for their insight on what's happening in tennis. They're featuring an entire episode on the bad boy, Nick Kyrgios, uh, and you know, playing up the stakes of some really important things like the majors and the grand slams, but also playing up the stakes of events like the Indian Wells event, which I guess is the equivalent of like the players championship, but like was a massive, massive thing for this guy, um, Taylor Fritz, who is not a top 10 player in tennis, but he's top 20, top 30. And he's exactly who good tennis followers know, but people like you, me and Jay Walt don't really know. So I found it very enjoyable. I'm excited for the final five episodes I'm stoked for Wimbledon Um, and I think golf when you add all the drama is going to be two or three times as, as entertaining. So it's a good start and uh, excited for more Netflix sports.
0: Thank you, Sean. I'm going to pump my own Max Homa story that just went live on golf.com today It was our, uh, our cover story. First one of the year for golf magazine and got to spend some time with Max in Scottsdale at Whisper Rock. Give us a little taste. Give us a little taste, Dylan. uh, Of the story or of the time with Max? I think that the... I think one of the... At least where the story starts is with Max really trying to describe himself and saying that, look, sometimes he feels the pressure or feels that from the outside, people perceive him as this guy that's the... He still is the Twitter swing roast, funny, relatable guy. And in fact, what makes... Max Homa interesting is not the fact that he is normal and relatable, but the fact that he is not the, the ways that he is superhuman in his routines and his diligence and his determination. And, uh, somewhere along the way, he has flipped the switch from wondering if he could be on the PGA tour to thinking he could be the best player in the world. So spent some time with Max talking to him and the people around him, um, and had a really good time doing it. But I'm also going to extend my recommendation just to J-Wall, our man, for being here not to pump his tires in real time. But it's pretty cool. A lot of people that talk about gear in the golf world are talking about gear because they're paid to do so by a certain manufacturer or something. And the beauty of J-Wall is that he has everyone on speed dial. He's not bought and paid for. He's here to deliver some gear stories, and I have really enjoyed this. We
2: got his ass free of charge, too. Got
0: him. We didn't pay him a cent for being here. All right, (laughs) J-Wall, you can recommend something and play us off talk about that later.
1: Uh, You know, I was going to say I was going to recommend Club Test because I should be a good company man, but nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to recommend a restaurant. If you were ever in Palm Springs... For the American Express, or you just happened to frequent or this the area, Indian Wells, or the event. Indian Wells, Armando's Dakota Bar and Grill. It is my favorite spot every time that I'm here. I go there, get the traditional carnitas, get a margarita. The scene is good. You know what? It's a really fun spot. Head over so to the great. Nest
2: for dessert. J Wall, Jay Wall when, I, when you got COVID last year and I filled in and went to the event for you, remember this? I, I probably had COVID fog. That's right. You're in the <laughs> yeah. fog. Yeah. Well, I was in the fog. I, I took your credential. I took your credential and you know got my own uh, equipment. woe, John. Last year, uh, broke the news that Danny Lee had had signed with Callaway. It's not a big deal, but um, I went there and who did I see there? Joseph Bramlett, tour player, was was eating at uh, Armando's. So, you know, it's it's a good recommendation from you. Is all I will say, and all jo- Joseph Bramlett would agree with.
1: Yeah, it is great. Go check it out. All right, folks, that's Jonathan Wall.
0: You can listen to him on the Fully Equipped podcast. It's kind of our kind of our cousin podcast here at Golf Magazine, golf.com. You boys have anything else? I'm hungry. Let's eat. What a pleasure. Jay Wall, that was the recommendation of a hungry man. Go get him. Thanks for being here. We love you guys. See you next week.